Hey, it's Dan. And I'm Martin. Welcome to Down and Chat Podcast, where we mull and stew about anything and everything. From poops and scoops to unplugging society's constipations, one conversation at a time. And this week, we have KP. Hi, KP. Hey, KP. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You know, I never... So awkward. <laughs> no, because, like, I was there when both of you were trying to rehearse this opening, and when you were doing it at that time, it didn't seem as weird, but now it just feels weird because it is rehearsed, and, like, you've definitely had the drive of, like, how to say it, and, I don't know, I couldn't hold my laugh So, back. we'll definitely cut out the part where kp said that we rehearsed it so it looks and sounds natural and people exactly. think exactly because we're just pros we're definitely gonna crop that out how dare you people this is a <laughs> lie this is a sham and you need to know the truth and only but the truth this ain't no. the tea apparently no <laughs> we are from the motherland all censorship will be enforced wow. oh no oh no <laughs> you will not breach the great wall of censorship Great okay. Hall of Censorship. <laughs> wow. On brand right here, folks. Goodness. Well, Martin's known KP for much longer than myself. I apparently met Martin and KP at the same time. We actually alluded to this in the first episode. What year did you meet him, Dan? Actually, I don't know when you met him. I know when I met him, but I don't know when you met him. So you said I knew him longer. Actually, I'm not so sure about that. So you met KP in university. That's my understanding. Yes. I met Casey... Second year, I think. Second or third year. I want to say I met both of you towards the end, or at least get to know, know you two better after university. Maybe. I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I don't think I hung out with you folks until after university is over and then we started working. Right, just because we were both in Waterloo. I actually yeah. don't know where you were, Dan, but not in Waterloo. No, I was at the University of Toronto Scarborough. Um, so you definitely knew KP longer, and okay. if our stories lined up in terms of the first episode, then we met each other playing Smite. I think so. I, I definitely met you, Dad, during our Smite days, for sure. Smite was good, though. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. The graphics were different. I do like all the, you know, the different variety of gods represented in a game. I thought the gods were represented well and fairly. But I know there's different groups out there who think otherwise. What are your thoughts on the use of the gods? So I have to say, Smite was my very first MOBA, and I think the thing that captivated captivated me about it the most was, I feel like uh, there are MOBAs that do this nowadays, but in the past, Smite had this whole arena situation where it was just 5v5, there were no lanes, you didn't have to worry about your typical mobile strategies, it was just god versus god, it's all out brawl. And I think that was really what captivated me, and I think we played that a lot as well. I don't think mm -hmm. we played like the main conquest map is what they call it, which was like the triple lane MOBA stuff. In terms of your question, Dan, I think they're depicted fairly well. They're represented at least to me, in a way that doesn't really hinder them or like make them show them off in like a bad light. Uh, I know Smite has gotten a lot of flack from really extreme religious Hindu people because of how they've depicted certain gods. But I think looking back, they've altered it. They've iterated on the designs that they previously had. And I think even the ones that come out now, they're like pretty spot on to the mythology that they're based off of at least yeah. to me that's what i get i think the the god that was the most questionable was kali and i believe their counter arguments was so i think the argument first was that she was too scantily yes and then there were counter arguments saying that in the actual lore in the world she's actually naked right i don't know because i'm not a hindu myself I feel like <laughs> there are certain parts of Hinduism where I feel like, yes, everyone was naked and tits and boobs and everything were just out and about. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. But I feel like there is a whole modest approach to religion in India specifically. So mm. I think that's probably where I was coming from. Like, I, like... Yeah. I Well, I mean, from a Chinese background, I look at the Chinese gods represented. They look great. I, I like them. Yeah. You know, their interpretations were fair and I thoroughly enjoyed their iterations. I don't know anything about gods or anything. So a lot of these gods I'm meeting for the first time <laughs> in Smite. <laughs> so uncultured. I know, I, this guy. 
even the Chinese ones, like maybe minus like Wukong and Guan Yu. <laughs> you know what? I actually I was more familiar with like Greek gods from all like the the shows and whatnot, right? And yeah. some of the the Egyptian gods again from shows and and whatnot. So. It's funny for a civilization <laughs> that died off. I wouldn't say relatively quickly, but for a civilization that died yeah. off, hasn't really continued. Uh, it's it's religion and culture kind of got succeeded by a different culture altogether i have to say their gods and mythos have like long since existed within the realm of humanity like i'm very surprised like guts yeah i'm very surprised that like zeus is still relevant poseidon hercules is still relevant Medusa, i think all that stuff I think it's just because there's so much like lore behind it. Like the stories between all these gods and their relationships is just so much more. There's so much more depth from what I'm aware of. Obviously, I'm not an yeah. expert. Yeah, uh, I'm again. sure it had to do something with the fact that Greece is a real place still, yeah. and yes, there is still European, like especially with the European colonization, like all this stuff, word of mouth, history books, all that stuff probably did help it a lot because. I mean, you can also suffice, say that the Eastern world and even like the Incans and the Mayans, they have some like deep, really rich lore, but it's, it's unless you're from that area, you don't really know about it too much. Yeah. It's lots of the greater population, basically. Yeah. In terms of these like fam- more famous ones, Zeus, Ares, Poseidon, all that jazz, I think they're so commonly depicted in different shows, medias. It was in Disney. Disney like Disney well. kind of brought them up, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I think because they had the limelight in that they're so like the elements are so in, ingrained in each of the gods like this is a god of fire this is a god of water this is yeah. a god of lightning right it's so much it's so easy to depict them because of their like very core elements for each each particular god 100 percent. and i do agree with mark <laughs> once disney gets into something you will remember it for the rest of your life You're right. uh, wow. i'm pretty sure mulan had the same effect for chinese culture at least Absolutely. I'm I'm actually very curious if we could go back in time and just say Disney ever made Mulan, how many people would be aware of such a story, right? Doubtful. No one. I yeah. feel like because there's there is an aesthetic, at least I find this with Chinatowns, you go like ev- anywhere in the world. I've been to a couple of them, uh San Francisco, I've been there isn't really a prominent one in Austin, Texas at all, but there are when you talk to the people there, there's definitely a sense that people understand China to be dragons and exotic and like trees and mountains and yeah. and vines and greenery and all that stuff. So, yeah. more of the story. Get Disney to do something. Yes, to endorse you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Disney is slowly taking over the world, so, you know. Ever so slow. I know. It's crazy. Okay, so we just went got on a tangent off of the whole Smite thing, which is really good. I thoroughly enjoyed the game. I think we were thinking about going back to it at some point. I do want to take some time to talk about KP, talk about, you know, who he is and what kind of work he does. So do you want to give us a little, you know, a sneak peek into your into your life and, you know, who you are as a person? Yeah, so I'm your typical Indian engineer. I didn't really get into, like, software. Well, I didn't go into your classical, like, engineering department type stuff at school. I went into computer science, but I mean, tomato tomatoes at this point. So, yeah, I work at a software company downtown in Toronto. They're headquartered in San Francisco, so I get the privilege of working for a Bay Area company. And I know that's pretty big within the (laughs) software world is everyone wants to work in the Bay Area to some degree. So Mm. I'd say I got pretty lucky with that. And I've been there for a really long time. I've had the privilege of starting as an intern and transitioning all the way to a senior software engineer. So I feel like... I I feel like I've really garnered how to be a good developer at that company. And so it's also given me the the honor of mentoring other people, also try to move the company forward in certain directions that I think are good for the company to go into. Aside from that, I literally play games with both of you, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> that's great. I I think tech is where the money's at these days. I think if I went back oh, yeah. and I could change my schooling in terms of if I had to change an area of study to specialize right. in, it would definitely be tech and computer science just to 
give my foot a door. Mm. Although I will also say that even though it's, I mean, obviously when you think about tech, you think about engineering and you think about computer science, all that stuff, programming. But I think, and I'm sure this is very pertinent to you, Dan, and maybe you as well, Martin, but there are ways of getting into the tech scene that don't necessarily have to revolve around tech. I mean, agile coaching is a great solution there. If you're into sales and that's your jam, it's not mine. I can't sell for shit. But if you can totally do that. So there are many avenues to get into it. I I think one of the probably bigger aspects of going into software development in particular is probably more so the pay. Once you start working for a Bay Area company, you start raking in the cash. And that's that's for some people, that is a big thing. You want money to live a certain lavish way and if you need to do that, you kind of have to go into these higher education. The places. saying always is, money isn't everything. However, money can buy you a lot of comfort. Yes. So much security. You know, as much as you say money yeah. isn't everything, I agree, it isn't. But knowing... It's most things. It's a lot of things. <laughs> it really is. Right. Yeah. Buying a home, getting that paid off, and then having extra money to, you know, go on vacations and whatnot and whatnot. It's yeah. huge. I think it's there's a it's a huge quality of life change versus working paycheck to paycheck in order to meet a mortgage. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. I mean, so, just look at the stuff that's happening with like the markets down under, right? Yeah. Like, mm. There's many people. I, I I'm. It's gonna feel weird saying this, but I, <laughs> because I feel like I'm going to pin myself as a sheltered little brat, even though I'd like to say that I'm not due to my parents' background, but. I feel like because I was able to go to post-secondary education, meet you folks, meet some other folks within my own industry, it's very easy for me to just think as though this is how everyone else lives. Mm-hmm. And is again, because I'm surrounded with people who do live very similar, similar to me. But when you look at the stuff that's happening down south, whether it's with Trump or it's yeah. with the stock market stuff that's happening today. Game's up. We, yeah, people like don't. People, like don't <laughs> <laughs> people don't live that way, and yeah. they have to go through all these means to just even get to a lavish life. And I think that also really does show that money is such a big thing. It can't buy happiness because happiness is very arbitrary and it's dependent on person to person. But like, yeah. to what you both of you were saying, money gets you like most of the way there, though. Yeah. I mean, once your basic needs are met, and your basic needs are like the ceiling is getting higher and higher and higher. Yeah. It's oh, so yeah. hard to get there. Look at the housing market, right? We're looking in the Toronto oh, yeah. area. We're looking at 600,000 for like not even that much. We're looking at maybe a square of a condo. If you're yeah. living in a more popular, like popular area and the less popular area, you might get a little bit more, but marginally yeah. more. Uh, you might get an extra bathroom. Truly. That's how much more you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> It's harder to meet these basic needs. We're not even talking about like luxury spending at this point. Just buying a home oh, no. yeah. and shelter. It's getting expensive, right? Just think yep. of, yeah. I, I like measure. I think we all like measuring in terms of the Big Double and Big Mac, right? Give or take ten years ago, how much was a Big Double? Or even a Toonie Tuesday, how much was a Toonie Tuesday? It was a Toonie. Now it's like yeah. three or four dollars. So bad advertisement. Bad advertisement. Yeah. That's right. So cost of food is going up. Cost of Living is going up. Education. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Like I, I remember my schooling. Our costs went up like three thousand ish a year, and I can only imagine how much higher it's going to be now. Yikes. Yeah. Right. I'm so thankful in Canada. We have we like we get subsidized in the sense that we yes. only pay like ten thousand dollars ballpark for yes. education. Whereas yeah. folks in the states, for example, go into like lifetime debt trying to pay that. It's insane. It's yeah. actually insane. Again, to the point that I made earlier, I think, uh, and this is for our viewers, this is not to say that I know what everyone's situation is, because I honestly don't know if Dan, you've paid it off, or Martin, you paid it off, or even if you took money, I'm not 100% sure, but Mm -hmm. I'd like to say that the people that I do know about, there are many people that I know of who don't have that debt anymore. Like they took OSAP, which is the Ontario's equivalent of whatever we were just talking about, like taking a loan to go to school. Um, I've been very lucky to pay my own loan off, but at the same time, I also have many friends who have owned, like they've also completed and like paid off their own loans. And it's crazy to me 
like when I hear stuff in the states of how people wait years and years and years to pay it off just because the job market sucks or they just don't have the money for it at the time or like they have to take an absorbent amount of cash just to get to the dream that they want to and it's like it's crazy it's crazy i think it's also budgeting right as well i mean budgeting is not the end all of everything but prioritizing that so important it's so important like that you're you're paying interest on it and you know racks up mind you it's not as bad ontario i know there's loan forgiveness so as long as you pay a bare minimum you don't have to pay the whole like amount back in terms of interest and whatnot or you said she's just gotta pay interest i think that's that's it but i don't know i just don't like the idea of having debt i'd rather just pay it all off and get it over with because yep. it's like with renting as well this money you're never gonna see again and renting is different uh-huh. from student loans but you're literally getting nothing out of student loans you're just literally paying into a void whereas at least renting you're getting a home out of it temporarily you know you live in it uh, yeah. there's some value coming back to you Speaking of living like at home and whatnot, how are your university experiences like living with friends and whatnot? I never had that experience because I, I commuted from uh, my home to university. But how are your experiences? Oh, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, KP, you talking about living with me sucked? Yeah, why, I'm so wouldn't, hurt. why wouldn't it suck? Because it would be amazing. Nightmare. Not be that amazing. I actually ever lived with KP. I was just kidding. But, but it would have been amazing. Thank you for clarifying that. He wouldn't want to anyways. <laughs> Living with Martin is an absolute nightmare. Actually, No, it would have been amazing. That's actually... It's funny that you mentioned that, Dan, because there was a point in my university career where I actually wanted to live with Martin. I almost ditched some roommates of mine to see if Martin had space available and this was a uh, mutual friend of ours who also went i think like there was a room that was available and i was about to reach out but then i ended, i didn't end up doing it uh because i think a friend was gonna beat me to it or something i don't remember i think i know the time period you're talking about yes i, I didn't know that kp that would have been fun that would have been jokes it was your last year uh at yeah. university but <laughs> i only I'm knew sad. you through I only knew you through video games at the time. Yeah. Uh, I might have met you like once or twice in person, but I, I felt... We went for I, Fridays. It's true. It's true. Oh my God. You're about to have a guest and you need to talk about Friday when that happens. Okay. Friday. <laughs> Friday. I'll let our viewers take that hint and just will, mull over it. I will Friday. It to our notes. Friday. Friday was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and sushi, too. Yeah, sushi. It's true. It's true. But yeah, I don't know what happened. Eventually, I think it kind of just, it was your last term. There were some other mutual friends. It was their last term as well. And I think it just kind of worked out to be with them. I didn't know you too much. I didn't know the other people that you were living with too much. Uh, but there was a very slight chance I was just going to reach out to you. Uh, to be like, hey, you have a room available? Damn it, KP. At that point, and I'll get to it in a little bit, but at yeah. that point, I did not want <laughs> It sucks because as hard as you can anonymize my name, my voice is very distinct. You both have to agree with that. Yes. Um, and so for <laughs> for the roommates who might be listening to this, I am sorry, but I'm also not sorry. I think uh, during my last... Yes, spilling the tea. During Martin's last time at university, I didn't want to room with the roommates that I had been living with for the four years prior because I was kind of, they aren't, they're pretty okay. I wouldn't say they're the best. They're the best in terms of being good friends. Pretty okay. But in terms of living with them, there were things that I had to deal with that I'm not a fan of. And because I kept seeing it over and over and over again, I was like, okay, I don't want to deal with this. For my last term, I kind of just want to have a chill, just relax, play games, all that stuff, whatever, whatever. But it never turned out. Yeah. Ended up living with the same people that I lived with for the four years prior. Yeah. Um, KP, I'm bummed. That would have been good times. (laughs) I agree. It would have been great times. But I think it also would have sucked because I ended up living in the same housing uh, apartment complex that Martin and his friends were living within. So it would have been weird and awkward to like see them in the apartment building and maybe in the elevator to be like, hey, hi, yes. Wait, would have been? Yes, because we were both in 201 Lester. I didn't know you were there, dude. What? Bro. Yeah, what? I was there. No, I thought you were still over at um 
I wasn't uh, across the university thing at that time. This was our last. This was literally your last term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, Shit. going back, <laughs> going back to the beginning, I had, I think it was overall it was great. I met a great group of friends. I built really strong relationships with people, not only from the very beginning, but also people like Martin, yourself, Dan, because I got to meet the the initial group of friends that I kind of came to be with. So the whole thing started with, went to university, away from my house, and I lived on residence for the first year. That was great because I had a solo, solo place to myself. Paid a little bit of extra money for it, but uh, having a place to yourself and not having to worry about food is the best thing ever and it was great i didn't my my first term of university i decided to stick to the books and things were good but then afterwards I, I really wanted to open up with other people meet new people there weren't many people that came from my high school so it kind of felt like i was alone and really opened up with my housemates or my floor mates uh at residence and it was a blast and my marks also tanked because of it but that's a whole separate discussion after that, turned out I was looking for a place because I didn't want to do residence again. My parents and myself, like, we kind of understood that first year is when you do residence. After that, you can find cheaper places near and around the school, and that's kind of what everyone else did, too. So was looking for people to room with. I tried doing it with my residence folks, but it didn't really work out. I wasn't really interested in living with them at the same time. Um, and I then found out I didn't have Facebook at the time either. Joined Facebook, <laughs> not for the specific reason, but joined Facebook, found out that I had a mutual friend who was at Waterloo. Turns out he was also looking for folks to live with for the subsequent years. And opportunity. I reached out to them and basically said, hey, I'm looking for a place. You're looking for a place. Maybe we can be roommates. And it kind of went from there. And that's how I met the current group of friends that I have today. Oh, okay. Hmm. I totally misinterpreted that. I thought you were like, oh, we could have been roommates, but we didn't. It, it could have no, been. No, no, no. But okay, no, it worked out. Great. Great. Yeah, Great. it worked out. It worked out. Uh, <laughs> it had its own complications because we had all, we had seen a couple of houses there were some that were good, some that there weren't. And then we all decided, now, this was also like, we were trying to find a house for 10 people and it wasn't going to work. So we decided to split the 10 into five and five. That worked out. Uh, and it worked out because yeah. getting a place of five was quite easy in Waterloo. I think it makes sense only because that whole entire city or town is really built around the two universities. So yep. everything around the area was really catered to university students. What ended up happening, though, which was pretty jokes, was we signed, we were shown a house, mm -hmm. and we were told this will be your house if you sign. So we signed. And then halfway through, <laughs> we get an email basically saying, sorry, we oversold. We'll give you a different house, but it's not the house that you originally wanted. Hello? And so <laughs> had to go down to Waterloo, uh. see this house. Uh, for me... And my group of five, it turned out to be okay. For the other group of five, it was okay in the sense that they got a very similar house to the one that they signed. Um, but I think like my group of five got the better got the better deal of things. Mm, okay. And um, then after that, honestly, it was just <laughs> it wasn't party after party after party, but it kind of felt that way sometimes, especially mm. when it came to birthdays. September to December is generally when most of the birthdays happened, and so it just felt like, cool, September, birthday one, end of, end of September, birthday two, blah, 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 all the way to the end. But I met a lot of people as well, mm -hmm. uh, because <laughs> as I would soon find out, most of the people that I was living with were in all engineering, and apparently all the engineers stuck together even if they didn't live together. So by the end of the first four months of living with new, like literally eight brand new people, I ended up meeting probably 30 to 40 new people in total. Wow. it's amazing. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it basically continued all throughout the five, six years of university that I had to do. Wow. Mm. With, those same, with the same group of people. That's uh, pretty solid. I mean, and yeah. eventually I got sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting because 
the people, okay, so the people who I lived with, fortunately for me, were like high school friends. Yeah. Except for one whom we became eh, decent enough friends. But the thing was that the people I was living with were also co-op students. So they subletted their place when they were on their co-op term. So they were out of the city. Maybe they did a co-op term in Toronto or somewhere else. And so they subletted it to other people. Right. So there were terms here and there where I lived with randos. And those were mixed experiences. Some of them were pretty bad. Very bad. Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So I never had the opportunity to live university residence. So tell me, what, what are some of your horror stories Oh, like, what were some pet peeves God. and uh, what were some bigger events? Okay. Oh, garbage. That's all I got to say. My, oh, garbage? Yeah. That's... <laughs> my group of friends, except for one person, really, really, really did, had a problem with just taking out the garbage. And they would let it pile and, like, you'd have basically the garbage bin. It'd be overflowing. Like, it'd be capped, though, so it's not, like, junk that's just filing out. But you could clearly tell, like, if I was to lift the garbage bag, there would be a pool of juices, Ew. like, dropping out. Uh, and then, like, <laughs> also, my friends had a weird asphyxiation to campus pizza. And so it would just be, like, the garbage. That good. And then literally boxes, stacked boxes of pizza to the left. And they just never wanted to take it out. And it really pissed me off. Uh, (laughs) Dishes is the other thing, too. So, when you talk about dishes, is it it because they never wash their own dishes? Or is it everyone just pulls it up and expects someone else to wash it? So, I I don't think people expected others to wash it, but it did pile up, right? Mm -hmm. it has ha- okay, so my experience was a little bit better. Uh, I don't know if this is related, but I lived with three girls most of the time, and they were better about it. Uh, right. I'm pretty sure when I lived with randos, some of the randos were pretty good about it. Some of those weren't. Yeah. Uh, I think the 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 real annoying part for me was uh, not so much the dishes because each person kind of brought their own dishes to the place. But it was the pots and pans, the things that were shared amongst the the five. So my unit had five people in total, including myself. So me and four others. If you use a pot and pan for lunch or whatever, and you didn't wash it, then if I needed to cook, I would have to wash it for you. And if you decide to cook a hefty meal, then there would be lots of pots and pans that I would have to wash before I was able to cook. And, you know, we're all students. We're all on a schedule to get to our classes and so on. So that was the annoying part for me. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, who didn't watch this? Not to watch it for you just so I can make my meal so I can get to class on time. I wouldn't say I was the best in terms of dishwashing. Like, for example, if it was lunch and I had a class, I'd put my dirty dishes in the sink and then I'd run out to class. And then at the end of the day, I'd come back and wash it. Usually that was okay. But I think during days where everybody had around the same lunch schedule and so on, then there was just a, a stack of dishes, right? And that's when it could get kind of annoying, which is understandably so. Again, I was part of the problem, sort of, like, on those days. But, the yeah, the pots and pans, the communal things, that was the thing that got me. Because I'm like, it's it's communal, but I have to do it for you, just so I can get to class and so on. And so I have to say, Martin, if we lived together, I would have yelled at you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was gonna, I was gonna ask, right. like, how, yeah. you know, you you all had these similar issues with dishes. I don't know what KP's was. I don't think he addressed it. But yeah. like, if there was, if this was like an ongoing issue between the bunch of you, like, how was this ever addressed between each other? Like, did, did you got the folks even like address it, or was it just kind of that underlying tension that was that remained in the household? We did. So in our place, we did. But it, it, it's it's not permanent right like you'd be like oh you know could you, could you wash the dish or, or like the, the the pan after you're done or the pot or so on they're like yeah, yeah yeah and they'll go do it they're like well and they're they're nice about it because i don't think they're trying to piss us off intentionally right yep, yep, but yep. they have their own schedules and their own timeline so they're like yeah, yeah, yeah so it happens for a while and then you know two weeks pass by and then we're back where we started i'm uh, very passive right. and I think my roommates eventually started to notice the frustrations that I was having. (laughs) And it was really bad. The first time I lived with these folks, it got to the point where dishes would sack and we ended up basically harvesting fruit flies within our sink. Ew. 
Okay. <laughs> we never got that bad. It was I just really want to say. <laughs> that, the house was also super old. Yeah. And but it got really bad, and this was during the summer, and basically anytime I went to the kitchen, oh, the like, summer, where the, where the fuck are these flies coming from? Like they need yeah. to die. Yeah. It yeah. turns out afterwards it's because we aren't washing our dishes properly. I'm the type of person who, once I've used a dish, I will at least rinse it off so that if someone else has to wipe it, they don't have to worry about the grime or the grease that's yes. on yeah. my plates, or I'll just wash the plate right away. It got to the point... So KP's one of those good roommates, guys. I future. try to be. I try to be. <laughs> it got to the point... I used to bring most of the dishware for the group. So I would bring, like, five plates. And it was more from my mom's standpoint of, like, being nice to people. You know, if they need a plate, whatever, it's fine. You're going to need more than one anyways. Yeah. So people would end up using my plates, and then I would, I'd basically be plateless when I want to go eat, and then I have to wash something, right? I'd have oh, to tell someone, awesome. like, hey, I want to eat, so please go wash that. And they were pretty cordial about it when you told them to. But it basically got to the point where my last term, I only brought one plate, one fork, one spoon, one knife, and I kept them all in my room. It felt shitty, but... Honestly, I never had to worry about plates after that. You don't, you don't yeah. owe people anything. I don't think you should feel yeah. like you owe them like absolutely dishes. not. Yeah, but it, it does suck that because by the time you hit university, you're 18, you're a practical adult. But the fact is that we, I feel like maybe it's a Western culture thing where, as a society where we're hitting adulthood, 18 years old plus, that we're unable to maintain this sense of cordialness, this sense of responsibility to others in the household. And I think we've discussed selfishness in the last few episodes, but it just it just sucks. It does. And I've I've heard I did hear the responses from some of my other roommates. I remember one of them specifically saying, Oh hey, you know, for me, I'll use a plate, I'll eat it, I'll put it in the sink because I will wash it afterwards, but either I have class or I need to do something else or I'm watching TV so I'm going to wash it afterwards. But then it just never happens because mm. by the time they really think about it, it's like, I'll just do it tomorrow because I'm going to go to sleep right now. My limit was the end of the day. If nothing else, I will make sure I clean it at the very end of the day. Mm. But to be fair, again, I think our, our case was a little different than yours, KP, just because everyone had their own set of plates and dishes. Like, I know this belonged to so-and-so and this belonged to so-and-so, and these are mine. I only use mine, so... The worst thing, I guess, for me was that we took up like sink space. Yeah. But uh, I will, I will wash it by the end of the day. If you could go back today, like the same roommates you had in fourth year or third year, or whatever, like knowing, like you, we've we've grown since that time. We assume that everyone who's lived with you has grown and developed since then as yeah. well. Cross your fingers. How would would you have done anything differently in terms to address that problem? Would you do or say anything different, or you just leave it as is? So given that, I guess I'll go first. Given that everyone has grown, I'm pretty sure all the roommates, I've, the ones I know at least, have grown. I don't know if it would even be an issue anymore. The issue would be so minor that it would maybe just be a small reminder at, at most for me. My I have worst... to refute that. For my roommates? No, 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 no. I just meant in general. Like I, I, I think it'd be the opposite. I think it'd be worse. Really? Yes. Okay. I want to hear KP, and then I have something to say because okay. we've actually lived together for a day or two on cottage trips. So, anyways, KP, go and I'll, uh, I'll go oh, give mine. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's I think it's the opposite because, at least for our current group of friends, you're either living with your parents or you're living alone. But mm-hmm. I think for the sake of this argument, let's just say everyone's kind of living on their own again, and the your like band for what is acceptable and what is not changes when you're alone because you don't really think mm. about it you could leave the dishes there for like three days you cannot pick up your clothes for five days and no one's gonna bat an eye because you're just living by yourself whereas when you mm. take that band and now you're forcing it again on the same people but they're like 
for example, my feelings have not changed. I will still like wash the dish right away after I'm done eating with it. So putting me back into this space where like people who are now living alone and their bands have shifted to maybe even longer or shorter, I feel like all bets are off. Things will either Interesting. get worse or whatever. I feel mm. like it's one of those conversation type situations where you just talk to your roommates you're like all right this is my limit this is your limit let's try to find a middle ground but at the same time <laughs> because i don't like confrontation myself i would probably just stick to the <laughs> yeah my plate for myself rule i would if i was in that situation again i've never lived with roommates for a long time but if a problem came up that it was that serious knowing myself i probably wouldn't put up with it i'd be like because I'm a very law and order kind of guy. I'm like, this needs to be done. Let's sit down and have a conversation about this. This needs to like be resolved. Yeah. Or we're going to have a more like lengthier conversation. I think I would have a poorer conversation uh, if I was younger. But now I think I would have a pretty good conversation. In terms of my experience living in the cottage for with our group of friends, uh, I wonder what you folks would have been like. We might, I'm just trying to imagine what it would have been like to live with you folks. Because, I, I mean, I'm a guy that likes to... When I'm living with people or I'm just like at someone's place, I do like to do the dishes. That's kind of my, my thing. I make sure all the dishes are done before I leave. And they're nice and clean. But For everyone? For yourself or everyone? Uh, I do it for everybody. I find yeah. that I'm in the kitchen most of the time doing the dishes when we go on cottage trips. Yes, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like, it. I like to get it done. That's just me, right? And I don't mind doing it for people every so often. For a longer duration time, probably not. But I'm just thinking about the level of initiative even now when we go on cottage trips. Oftentimes, I find that a lot of the folks that we hang out with, and again, not to bash a character, but it's just like, they would not volunteer to wash the dishes themselves. It was, it was not on their like list of priorities. They would rather mm. sit there and like watch TV. So I'm trying to imagine what it would be like living with them. I think it matters as to how many Again, I guess for both me and KP, it was units of five. Yeah. But give or take just one person could actually make a big difference. Mm. Yep. Um, I think the other things that I didn't mention before was like noise level. Yeah. Um, different people at different tolerance levels or noise level. Also depends on your unit and how how thin the paper walls were. All right. Ooh, uh, they could sex be, noises? It could be... I've had to deal with that. <laughs> Okay, so so that wasn't as much of an issue for me, I guess, thank goodness. <laughs> it was really interesting. So this was when everyone graduated, and it was myself and another friend, and we found a five-bedroom place for... No, 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 a five-bedroom place, and it was just us two living in. So we had three... Yeah. Well, we had another friend join in, but essentially then we had two randos. One of them moved out. And the other person was very nice, very humble. It, it was very easy living with this person. I didn't mind that much at all. I think for me, the only thing was like, yes, they had, <laughs> they had pretty loud sex. Ooh. Uh, but, <laughs> but, and like, I don't know, this is going to sound weird because this is a group of three guys and there's no girl here, but it did feel like, it, it felt like he was hitting the mark. Like he was doing a good job, <laughs> essentially. But my only worry was I was one of the lucky folks who had their parents come bi-weekly to give, provide me basically food for a week. So I didn't have to fend for myself while wow. I was trying to study and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, my only worry was like they were going to have sex when my parents were over. And I was not about that life. <laughs> I was not about to tell my parents of like, yeah, I'm not this person, but like... I'm sorry you have to hear this. Luckily, <laughs> I don't know how. Such it an awkward conversation. It just, it's it like, never, uh... <laughs> right, right? It just never <laughs> happened on the days that they came. Now, my parents came very early, so it could have just been a thing that they were all sleeping or stuff. Or because our walls were a bit paper thin, maybe they heard that my parents were here and all this. I don't know. But they were, the two were really good. Now, the thing is, I was living with a male roommate and he was the one bringing all the girls over and like all of that stuff. I think it got really awkward where <laughs> uh, this was around Halloween. And so this was the first time I heard them like having sex and all that stuff. And he was very courteous because he basically courteous? courteous because <laughs> he, he bought the house cupcakes 
And then on the box, it's it, he had a sticky note that says, I'm sorry for all the loud noises. And my, <laughs> my innocent brain at the time was like, the fuck is he talking about? He's like the quietest person. He's never at home. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? So I go to his door and I leave him like a friendly sticky note myself of like, thanks for the cupcakes. Ha ha ha. What noises? He <laughs> He took that as a sign of he can continue. It wasn't until after I realized it wasn't until after I realized what I had written and what he had talked about that I'm like, oh. At that point, I didn't mind because I talked to a friend um, who was still at university and very close. Like, she's an amazing person. Uh, Talked to her about all this stuff and she's just like, KP, just, just living his life. You know, sex is part of life. It happens. He's having it. That's cool. It's none of your business. If he's loud, if it's getting to you, just kind of tune it out. Whatever, right? And at that Whoa, point, what? Like, I don't want to just tune out. So like, it, wasn't, it wasn't too loud. It was only like if you went by the room or all that stuff that you really <laughs> yeah. heard it. Whatever. I didn't mind it. And like, hey, the other thing is like you could hear people walking through the hallway and oh, yeah. like opening yeah. their doors because this was a apartment building where like you, we didn't have physical key locks it was all pin pads so yep. you can hear pin what? pads actually like beep 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 oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like they could obviously hear people going in and about but when they were doing it they did not care and so we're like okay cool hey eventually i got over it and as long as they weren't doing it when my parents were over i was a okay <laughs> Yikes. So yes, I've had to deal with that. <laughs> Joy. I don't know. I don't know how I would deal with it. <laughs> I I was lucky enough not to have to deal with that. Maybe you were the problem, we... Martin. <laughs> I was not part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> Should ask your other roommates. <laughs> true, Martin. Uh, we never lived together. Maybe that was the reason. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be the problem. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Just saying, given... Uh, yeah. Hilarious, though. Very lucky that I don't have to deal with that awkward conversation. Yeah. Stop I mean, fucking so loud! <laughs> I think it was great for me to have learned about this, about roommates, at that mm-hmm. time. I think if I had a roommate today and I had to deal with this, I think I still would be mature enough to maybe say, you know what, they're doing it, whatever. It's live the, Viva la vida loca, yeah. whatever. But... At this, I just remember just like hearing them do it. I'm just like, oh my god, I am trying to study and I just hear a girl moaning. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I have to say, that was not my worst experience living with roommates. Yeah. My worst experience, I think, I think you two might have heard of this the saying of 10 guys, one house. I, when I was interning in San Francisco, I had the quote-unquote pleasure of living in a two-story, five-bedroom house with ten dudes, including mm. myself. Where It uh, sounds like a bad time. <laughs> it was a bad time, let me tell you about it. Three people had the master bedroom. Two people had their own rooms. So you have one bedroom for three people, two bedrooms with one people each, and then the remaining two people had two people in them. So, like, people were sharing, and then there were some people who did not share at all because they didn't want to. And then there was me, who lived in the living room. Oh, boy. I did this out of necessity, because I couldn't find a place in San Francisco. If you think Toronto is bad, San Francisco is even worse. And out of necessity, I did it. I had to do a two-hour commute every single day to get to work because I actually lived. That outside, sucks, dude. Oh outside my god. Of, I lived outside of San Francisco. Yeah. Two-hour commute. Oh. I I tell everyone this. I would never do that again. I paid five hundred dollars in rent, and I'm totally okay with that. Like I made bank during that internship, but I would never do that again. Not because I had to live in the living room, but just because. Just imagine ten friends who are very rowdy just living together zero privacy dude if you're in the living room you'll never be able to sleep wait did people (laughs) use the living room 
when you weren't no. there. So I guess I was more in the den or the family area than the living room. It's one of those houses where you have like you have that opening den area where you sh- where you put all the fancy stuff that you show to people coming over to uh, your house, yes. and then you have like your kitchen and living room area, which is more privatized. So I had the den, and yeah, and I guess Martin, to your thing about I would never go to sleep. I sleep like a log. Once I'm out, I'm out. Yeah. Mm. There's been. <laughs> I have slept through fire alarms. Okay. I, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> so, I know I can't do that, actually. Was your room segregated off with like a curtain or something? Mm-mm. Or was there an actual door? Nope. No it door, was open no to the world. <laughs> so basically, you open the door to the house, and the first thing you see is my bed. Wow. Well, that's more like the a worst. But that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's even worse because you're in the centralized area, right? Yeah. And you're yeah. in the front door, so anybody coming home late. But I guess you slept like a log, so that helps. But like, I had to. Yeah. So my experiences. Bad time. Living with people, they're very limited because they either either short weekends with the folks in for cottages prior to COVID. Sure. Uh, I did. Uh, I had exchanges in Quebec and Switzerland. But even then, there were, like, systems in place. There was, like, people who cooked for us. There was a... Like, in Quebec, I live with family, so it was an exchange. So, you know, like, there there were a lot of things in place that... It, it was different, I guess. It's different from, say, yep. living with roommates. Yep. But in terms of where there's situ- awkward situations... Yeah, for sure. When I was in Switzerland, one of our friends was... Well, we had two friends and I shared a room. And it just got really territorial at some points. It's like, this shelf space is mine. This shelf space is yours. And, you know, I got kind of the... I got the end of the shaft for, like... In terms of prioritized, priority in that room. Just because... Uh, those... The two who were rooming with me, they were tighter. And it got really <laughs> awkward at some points because one was crushing on the other. Um, he was closeted and it's, that's okay. That's okay. You know, but just kind of like he would just cater to everything the other guy wanted just because he was crushing on him. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm. And the other guy, oh. more drama with him. He's like, he was cheating on his girlfriend back home in Canada. Oh, jeez. With this other girl who was on a trip with us. And, you know, it was, it was awkward. It was an awkward month because it was just like trying to navigate those conversations. And like I said, I'm not one to shy away from conversations. So... There was essentially some tense tensity between me and the other guy because, yep. like, yo, man, this is this is not cool. You know, he fell asleep. So we had bunk beds. So he would fall asleep in bunk beds with that same girl a few times. And there was once where we were traveling across Europe in a moving train. So there was something called couchette where there were these like years of beds in a train, and they were okay. meant for one person. They're very for very, it's very small. And again, he would fall asleep with her. And mind you, we're like 16. So realistically, they, I don't think they did anything. Um, and I know their personalities. I'm sure they didn't do anything. Bro, 16-year-olds are horny as fuck. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I'm fairly sure they didn't do anything. Because like, we're pretty much within each other's vicinity like 24-7. But like, what do we define as cheating, though? Like, they did something. I, maybe, maybe. You know what? Maybe they did. He got really defensive when I called him out on it. But like... I don't know, like falling asleep with another girl that you're maybe attracted to, you know, multiple times during a trip when we call you on it, man. Like, dude, you know, take take a hint. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. I, uh, I, I, you know, there were issues in terms of myself and that guy. Like, we had to share a sink because uh, there was a sink. It was really interesting. There was a sink and a mirror in a room, and he would have issues with how I, like, you know, spat out water after brushing my teeth in the sink. What are you supposed to do? Drink it. <laughs> No, so apparently I was making yeah. some splash marks. Again, I mean, I should have wiped it down, but oh, yeah. So he wanted okay. me to spit it out in a certain way, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fighting. But so, long story short, there was very, I guess there was there was more drama than in terms of rooming issues that you had. Um, so you folks had more habitual patterns that you had issues with another. For me, it was just kind of like dealing with drama that came about living with these people. Uh, rather than the actual living situation. Because when we lived together, it was like, pretty okay. Not too bad. So, digressing from that, now that you've lived with people, and myself included, I've lived with people in a different, to a different degree than you folks, do you feel like that's prepared you to say, living with someone else later on, should you seek companionship with somebody? Right? When you date, 
Maybe mm. Mary, do you think these experiences have prepared you um, to like? Because part of living with people is that your t- your your upbringing is pit, pit up against someone else's upbringing. Yes, and yeah. trying to make a compromise, right? Uh, and when you're seeking companionship, maybe moving in with each other, it's lifelong. You got to make a compromise for the rest of your life, assuming that you want to stay together for the rest of your life, yeah. or with that intention in mind, right? Uh, for my experiences, although mine were different in scope, uh, they were more shelter, I guess. There were more systems in place. I think it did, it did help with in terms of allowing me to just prepare some, to have better conversations with people, figure out what works for me, what doesn't work for me. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think your experiences living people have, will prepare you for the future? Or do you think it's different? Uh, 100% yes for me. I think just knowing the things to watch out for in terms because when you live with someone especially people that aren't like your family right your bad habits show and you know it you can try to shy away from like how often you don't wash the dishes or whatever like again i'll admit i was lazy enough to leave it till the end of the day kp might have like shot me by then i would have been murdered but yeah like is it a good thing am i proud of it no right like you know just clean up after your own shit man like seriously you think everybody like to your point earlier Everybody should be mature enough, right, to like just clean up after themselves. But it it comes out, right? Yep. Um, so just knowing your own bad habits, uh, but also learning your tolerance levels and so on, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it helps a hundred percent. Like it's just as with any kind of experience, if you've gone through it before, you'll know what to watch out for. You'll know some of like the pitfalls, and and you'll know maybe some some tips or tricks or strategies or whatever that could potentially work. So absolutely, it would help 100% in my mind. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does help you because you end up... Living with roommates forces you to understand how to compromise because Mm. everyone is an individual and they're going to do what they want to do, essentially. And living with other people, you're forced to compromise. It's like, okay, this person really doesn't like this. And I need to either do better or find a compromise to be like, hey, you can do this bad thing. I can do this bad thing. They kind of cancel out to each other. I think I would agree with that for sure. Um, hmm. I would then, changing the question a little bit, what would be some of your non-negotiables now that you've lived with people? I'm just thinking about myself. What would be what would be your non-negotiables if you were to... Look, if we're looking, say, towards companionship or if you're in a room with someone again, what would be your non-negotiables? This isn't a problem anymore because I feel like almost every single house comes with one of these these days, but a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw your dishes in there, turn it on at night, call it a day, that's it. I feel like that's a compromise. I don't have to worry about dishes. You don't have to worry about dishes. They're just done. So... So, okay, I guess some of my limits would be the cleanliness of communal space yes. Yes. or items like pans and things like that. Because it irks me so bad when I need to cook or I need to, yeah, like use the pot for something and it's not there yeah. uh, because it's dirty. Um, that bothers me a lot. Uh, Although I do wonder how much of a problem that will be when you're living with your significant other ideally you're going to be cooking and eating at the same time ideally exactly so to kp's point i actually think it would be much 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 easier to live with like even like agreed upon roommate so maybe a singular one roommate or maybe even like your significant other because you guys already have a more of an agreement a better relationship or maybe just more aligned in terms of living habits yep. right I mean, if it's your significant other, I'm pretty sure you're already mentally cutting them some slack and so on. And, sure. and hopefully vice versa, right? Yep. So in that sense, if you're already cooking together or whatever, then you'd be like, oh, I cook this time, you clean this time or whatever. Or we both cook and we both clean together and you'll, you'll have something worked out. I think it would be much easier. But if you need to, you know your own boundaries and hopefully your partner knows theirs or, or your roommate or whoever they are, they know theirs. And so it becomes a much easier conversation to have compared to not having lived with anyone the first time right and then just be like we need to have this conversation for the first time so mine is communal spaces but i don't think it's gonna be as much of an issue compared to with like four other people sometimes randos i think for myself i think i'd be the same thing i think more notably the washroom 
Because if I want to go to a washroom, oh. I want I don't want to be spending a few minutes cleaning up the toilet just so I can use it. Right? <laughs> you know, clean up your clean your human excrements. Make sure it's nicely yeah. wiped up. You know, and yeah. without like dried up mark, crusty marks on the toilet. Yeah. Preferably. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's number one. I think that would annoy me quite a bit. One of my other non-negotiables is that if I'm in my space, it's like leave me alone. You know, doors closed, like, you know, let me have a private time. But mind you, if you're in a partnership, then it's different. Then you can have a conversation. But I think, like, I'm not your 24-7, you know, counselor or a therapist, you know. Yeah. Um, mm. Sometimes I just want, just want time for myself. And I think setting those boundaries in the future uh, would be nice for sure. Because, you know, I don't want someone knocking my door saying, yo, can we talk? I'm like, sure. But, you know, that's, 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 uh. In a few minutes, maybe. Just let me wind up to that. It's very interesting you say that because my, I'm sure movies, video games, all that stuff really don't help with the stigma. But as I was growing up, I always had this discerning thing with relationships where I felt or I thought I've never been in a relationship. I know you two have, but I've never been. Mm -hmm. And I always had this thought as though both people had to be with each other a hundred percent of the time or maybe 90 percent of the time i knew you couldn't be a hundred because like obviously when someone's got to shit they shit by themselves <laughs> you yeah. don't do it together no. or anything you didn't know kp you gotta hold hands while taking <laughs> shit you know you gotta live with each other's scent you know i don't know if i want to hold your hand anymore. you gotta immerse yourself in their life and there's no. yours no not <laughs> but like you know what I mean? Like, I thought that you had to be there for this person almost all the time. And I'm sure for certain relationships, that's the case. I'm sure that the majority of the time you probably are. It wasn't until very recently where I've actually had the opportunity to talk to both members of a relationship, whether they're married or not married. And the amount of time that I feel someone ends up getting by themselves is a lot. And it definitely has changed my perception of like, yeah. a relationship doesn't have to be that way. And I'd prefer that because I'm the type of person who definitely likes time to myself, probably more so than I'd like to say I would. Yeah. And I think knowing that I can have someone in my life and still be like, yeah, we keep our distance, but like, we're still good. We still do. We still, you know, love each other. All that stuff, I think mm -hmm. is really good to hear. Yeah. You can't just not to jump on like a tangent, but I don't think it's healthy if you guys, if in a relationship, the two people spend a hundred percent of time each other. Yeah, that's uh, the thing with me though. I do enjoy a lot of time alone. <clears throat> I enjoy my me time, which in the future that makes you think whether I would be, uh, you know, if I would be successful in a companionship, just because uh, I do same. like a lot of me time, and part of that is growing up being an only child. Right, I didn't have to share anything. Everything was just me, right? Um, yep. Even in these situations where I lived with people in these programs, most of the time, you know, you have your own space. You get to do your own thing. Unless you're sharing spaces, that's different. But you had still a lot of time for yourself. And I do enjoy my me time. So while I think I can make it work with somebody, uh, I don't know. Like, I do enjoy a lot of time to myself. So, you know. Uh, that is to say, would I be okay if I was uh, okay as a bachelor for the rest of my life? I would say so. I'd be okay. I'd be completely okay with it. If something rolls along, yeah. Do you think you folks would be okay being a bachelor for life, or do you think you would really want someone in your life in the near future? Interesting. I think I would actually. I, I, actually, I would, as in, I would like to be in a relationship. Actually, I don't think I've ever mentioned it to anybody or only mentioned it to very few people. Mm -hmm. But I think I would like to start a family and maybe have one or two kids. Obviously, it would depend on my partner and there would be a lot of conversation involved in that, <laughs> yeah. not to make decisions for anybody. But right. I think at the very least, being in a relationship and again, potentially having a family. Again, and then the conversation can split between like, you know, having your own kids or adopting, but that's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I would. I would like to be in in a family and have that yeah have that kind of experience. I think knowing that earlier is great because 
um, as much as I admire you saying that you will have a conversation with the other person as to whether they also want a family or not, I think realistically what will end up happening is you will end up going for people who are in the similar position. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. if you're on Tinder, if you're on whatever other dating site there are these days, you'll just end up swiping right or whatever the kids mm-hmm. do these days on people who are looking for uh, mm-hmm. children as well, for example. Mm-hmm. So that conversation, I don't know, my opinion yeah. is just like the conversation doesn't happen. I think your conversation of like adopt versus non will probably happen, but the conversation of do you want family becomes somewhat non-existent just because the answer mm. will just be yes for both parties because you'll just end up swiping each other or whatever. Mm. I think yeah. that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. I have not made a decision. I mean, someone comes along, to what comes along fantastic, but... I tend to run on my own schedule a lot in that I have like, this is what I'm doing now. I don't have to consult with anybody. I don't own anybody, anything. Yep. And that's, a, I think that's probably my own fault too, is that I really don't care sometimes in terms of what you think. If this is my schedule, this is how I'm running and you mm-hmm. happen to follow the same pathway. Great. Let's work something out. Otherwise uh, I don't owe you anything. I'm just going to keep going as is. So selfish in some sense, un, unbudging in some other sense. So, really curious to see my dating my dating history has been very limited but i generally don't waver too much in terms of going against my own schedule so we'll see how that rolls we'll see how that rolls i could self i could see myself being a bachelor for my entire life um (laughs) when when the question was brought up of like can you live by yourself or do you prefer living by yourself or whatever i can't remember anymore uh we've talked for so long but I don't know. Right now, my perception with my life and where I want to take it for the next 10 years is definitely like, I see myself being alone. And it's not in this gaudy way of like, oh, I'm so depressed and morbid and like, oh, I want someone. It actually feels like I would be happy being by myself. Uh, I do see myself adopting someone at some point. Mm. But... I can totally see myself not being with a partner. I mean, if it happens, it happens. If it, if if one comes my way and it's kind of compatible and it works, then I'd be open to it. But I don't know. I'm at the point in my life where I personally haven't had the opportunity to live by myself. I went from birth till university living with parents, went out and lived with roommates for the majority of that stint and then came back and now continue living with my parents Mm. so i haven't had the opportunity to live by myself and Mm. uh, i think i do get some freedoms right now after post school because especially with uh eastern uh eastern societies once you've kind of once you've done school once you've gotten a job and technically once you're married um all bets are off. Your parents are just like, do whatever the fuck you want. Mm, <laughs> we've yeah, kind of ju- we've sure. kind of done our thing, and I think I've met two out of the three criteria. So they've definitely like loosened up on a couple things that weren't necessarily the case before university. Mm. Could have been an age thing, but I really think it's more like school and job. And I do get the freedoms that I'd want to, but it's not it's not the full thing. And I would like to see what it looks like to live with the full thing. I might feel lonely, like, once I do that, but Mm. I I don't know. I see myself living alone. Yeah. I'm actually excited at the prospect of living alone. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Same here. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I guess to, like, end off the podcast, just to round round it off, if you had to do it all over again and you had the funds to do so, would you do it all over again? Would you live with friends or would you live alone and would you recommend it for others during undergrad yes i would keep it just as it is because i think the the things well first of all on a, a more positive note the friendships that you make and the relationships and, and so on and the experiences those stupid moments i remember this, this was one really dumb moment like early on where you know in our rooms you had a chair with wheels right yes and for whatever the dumb fuck reason i had in my head at the time i'm like oh our apartment was relatively long. I'm yeah. just going to Superman across it on a really <laughs> chair. So I did that. Uh, but like just dumb shit, just experiences and moments like yeah. that. And the joys of that. I wouldn't trade it for anything because it was, it was definitely a, a great experience. Yeah. Uh, there were annoying parts and bad things that, that kind of got my nerves as mm-hmm. we talked about. But overall, the pro 
outweighs the cons for sure. So I would do I would do that all again. I would echo that. Despite my limited experiences, despite me living people, we had our arguments. <laughs> there were yelling matches. Yeah. However, <laughs> I think I came out of it much more mature. I grew mm-hmm. a lot in those short period of times that I don't think would have happened if I remained at home slash lived alone. So while conflicts are inevitable because of different upbringings, uh, compromises will happen. There might be things you can't fix because people don't want to change. I still think I grew a lot and from those experiences. And I would say if you have the opportunity and you have the funding to do so, yeah, go for it. I think you can definitely learn a lot by living with others. I actually found your answer interesting, Dad, because I would have expected the opposite based on your <laughs> what we just talked about. But it is good to see that you still have the positive outlook on living with people. Oh, yeah, I'm open to it. Like, I'm open to living with someone. I just like, but I'm a very eccentric kind of guy. Mm. Like, I have 20 things on my list of things to do. I yeah. will get those things done, whether you are on my schedule or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so not to say I won't compromise you. I'm not unbudging, yeah. but... I have my priority list. I want to say I'm somewhat ambitious like that. Yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it to someone if they were going to live with randoms. Just because of some of the stuff that we talked about earlier on in this show. It's much better with friends. Yeah, It is much better with friends. Because regardless of the shit that happens. I mean, unless it's something super big. Like you cheated on yeah. someone with yeah. your best friend or something. Whatever. I think even the small stuff that happened, like the fly situation, the sexy noise stuff, like all that kind of just neutralizes itself because at the end of the day, you end up having yeah. amazing experiences with your friends. Yeah. I know I was talking uh, about more of the negatives from my experiences, but what did I have super meaningful conversations with these people, develop a stronger bond in a short period of time? Yeah. I think I we did. I think we grew a lot. We learned a lot about each other and we were able to bounce a lot of ideas off. So yeah. just in spite of all the negatives that I mentioned, there were plenty of good times where we sat around a campfire on top of a mountain. We literally cl- scaled the mountain and we sat around a fireplace and just chat and sang songs together. And I I would not trade that for anything. Yep. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, the negatives I mentioned were, I mean, they were things that annoyed me, but they were like very small, yeah. small things compared to the, again, the positive experiences that, that were yeah. shared. So like looking back, good times. grand scope of things, it's worth it. I truly oh, yeah. think it's totally Fun worth it. Fun times. Right. Easily. Easily worth it. I'm like, just not, not sure a question for me. whether I would continue that or not. But no, not with no. four other people. Yeah. <laughs> there, you definitely reach a point in your life where you're just like, I did yeah. it. I'm okay now. Yeah. Well, this is a great podcast talking about living with friends. It was not what we initially planned, but we'd we'll <laughs> lo- <laughs> we'll love to have you back for part two. <laughs> Thanks for coming. You... Thanks for, uh, you know. Yes, thank you so that. much, KP. It's no great problem. I was just going to say, were you just about to blab out the fact that this is all scheduled and it has an outline? Or <gasps> we'll I cut out this script? part of KP. <laughs> Censorship. We always script, have a list. Script, script. We always have a list of topics, yeah. but it doesn't yeah. always have to go. Because, again, our, to- our podcast is about anything and everything. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Martin, that was your chance to say poops and scoops. Oh, uh, shit. I missed my cue. <laughs> well, folks, thanks again for listening in. Give us a like and follow if you like the content. And uh, we will see you next time. See you guys. Bye. I can't believe poop and scoops actually became the thing. Yep. Yeah.